Hello everyone and welcome to today's show. Uh, we are the RP Geeks. We are all professional science nerds and we really love playing Dungeons and Dragons. Um, that is not enough for us though. Uh, we also love talking about science so we have combined our loves and on today's show we're going to be talking about some of the science that came up in our sort of last adventure slash the one before that. Something's got a bit a bit pushed back. Yeah. Um, we, uh, there's usually four of us, but we are tragically missing Ali today. I hear rumours that he's having a very fun time somewhere. I reckon um, about 10 tequilas down by now. <laughs> we definitely didn't give him a bunch of very confusing instructions. Yeah. It was like, drink, drink water, but alternate them in this confusing. order. A, B, A, B, 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 A. Make sure that none of the Bs are caffeinated. <laughs> But if you're watching um, on, on video, you'll see we've got a gorgeous portrait of him to, to replace his usual place on the screen. This better not awaken anything in me. He does make a good deer, I've got to say. Like, I also notice his hair colour is almost exactly the same colour as the deer. It blends beautifully. Well, that's a beautiful match. Well, yeah. it's deliberate. It's lovely. Yeah. Actually, we'll put that on the Instagram, Simon. Can you send, yes. uh, send yeah, that over for should. me? Please. We should. Sure or on thing. all the social media. You should follow us for gems like that. We are huge on TikTok, apparently. <laughs> yeah, the kids love us. Huge on TikTok, but we have a TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> huge, I tell you. A lot of people fancy Ali. Is, yeah, you can talk about it because he's not here. Yeah, but there's a lot like, of people he being got like all excited, and in then the and everyone's like, "He's so cute." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he was being really cute. He got all excited about science. It was all nerdy. Yeah. It's like our USP, so this is good. Um, right, let's let's introduce ourselves. I was going to um, say, who who are you people? <laughs> before we get into the into the topics, yeah. So um, I will go first. My name is Sharmini. I use she/her pronouns. Um, I play a uh, sorcerer on the show, which is not really relevant to this, but in my uh, usual life, um, I am a science journalist um, with a big love of paleontology, which will be relevant mm -hmm. for this. Ooh, uh, Simon. Oh, I was trying. I realised I was pointing oh, at Emily oh. on my screen, but it wasn't the same as on the Zoom yeah. call. <laughs> Uh, yes, hello everybody. Uh, my, my name is Simon. I use stressed out pronouns and uh, I play Uriel in the show and uh, who's a dwarven monk. And I, um, what, what, what information did you put in? I may have slightly blacked out uh, over the past like 30 seconds. <laughs> what did you actually say, Charbony? I said like what I do for a job and uh, my interests. <laughs> oh yeah, that stuff. Um, yeah. Age, sex, location. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I, I am a, allegedly a professional uh, YouTuber and a Twitch streamer and now author, um, which is Wild. getting used to appending that one to the end of the list. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, I mostly do videos on science and specifically climate stuff and that leaves the last voice in this call hello it's me emily or bates they'll call me both don't get confused um i too am a science video person maker thing and i play infinite sky 6000 in our game and she is a druid droid um i use she her pronouns and um you know, Sharmini's interests are paleontology. Mine are obviously gentle pain. So I'll be talking about that today. <laughs> that definitely sounded like gentle pain, which I know for a fact is not what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that's, um, that's been the big hype thing, right? Because this was probably... Oh, right, so Sharmini, can you recap why we're talking about gentle pain? Do we want to do... I wanted to, I wanted to do my giant, my, my large birds first, but yeah, like... We're, right, yeah, we're going to wrap people off can on I, gentle pain a little bit longer. Sure. Well, well Bates, why are we talking about large birds? What happened in the last episode? So we are three adventurers. We got on a truck and we started making our way to the mining colony, colony finally. And um, we saw a bird in the sky 
and it looked like a nice little silhouette. Ali described it, and I was like, oh, how lovely, a bird. My character likes birds. That'll be great. It got bigger and then bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger until Ali described it as the size of a 747. Did we work out? Uh, it had an 80-meter wingspan. I found my 80 notes. meters. 80. Yeah. 80. Eight-zero meters, which is too big. Um, and we we fought it. And I think we killed it, which was bizarre because um, I thought we were going to die. And do you think we didn't kill it? I don't know. I cast Fist right down its throat. And it also does, it has at least <sighs> one eye that is now broken. So at first I thought it was going to be like not a real bird and like people in like a, uh, a suit, like a bird, like a plane. Maybe a metal, a metal yeah, thing flying in the sky. I'm now imagining like a Victorian Caractacus Potts kind of character, <laughs> like yeah. pulling, pulling like it's like rowing, like hello. Oh, the little goggles. <laughs> it's like in Bugs Life, where they make the bird out of the leaves and the twigs, and yes. they do like ah! yeah, like that. That's what I thought it was going to be, and then it, it absolutely wasn't. So um, we just killed a beautiful thing in nature. <laughs> oh, and I feel I feel awful. Infinity feels weird. And oh, it's going to be a whole thing. Creations. Mm-hmm. You, Simon, you at the time mentioned some like world record holding birds slash creatures. Yeah. So they, um, the extant species, meaning not extinct species with the largest wingspan is the, pretty sure it's the Andean condor, which is about two, no, it's four is, meters. I think the condor is the heaviest. I oh, is it the albatross? That's the wandering albatross, albatross has wings. They're yeah. huge, aren't they? Uh, do you have that. a figure to hand for how big their wingspan is? I do. Um, Eleven foot ten inches, so three point three six meters max maximum sort of record. Um, so are they a bit smaller than eighty meters wings? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The largest in the fossil record is Argentavis magnificens, which was the um, a South American species of huge bird. Uh, That's a that... cracking name. I know. Um, magnificent. I'm pretty sure it just means it's like magnificent bird from Argentina, um, which is like a dating it. profile if I ever heard one. Uh, <laughs> and its wingspan is meant to be about seven to eight meters. So- well, so you're you're going by weight again. So long longest wings historically extinct species extinct species is Pelagornis, uh, oh. a weird sort of giant seagull creature, um, oh not Argentavis, yeah. which is. Um, uh, I've got seven point three eight meters as the as the estimated wingspan. But like pretty similar ballpark. Like it's not eighty meters, basically. It's yeah. it's wild that it's it's you know, almost like twice as big as an albatross, uh, as big as the current record holder. Yeah. My so gosh. the the then the obvious the ov- the obvious leap from there is 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 was for me was thinking about things that are large. And can fly, yeah. Um, which Planes. obviously <laughs> takes me to, ter- to, to pterosaurs. Oh yeah. Oh, of course. Yes, naturally pterosaurs. There's, there's yes. no one else thinking of pterosaurs. So, have you seen the, the pictures? So, as darkid pterosaurs are the, are the kind of family where all the huge ones, like like if you've heard of Quetzalcoatlus. I haven't, but I'm very it's excited. Not a cool name. I don't think I know enough about dinosaurs. So, tell me more. Is it a dinosaur? It's not. Not, a, not a, a dinosaur. Sorry, I didn't know. Oh, I told hey. you I didn't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> not, not a dinosaur. Um, uh, pterosaurs, uh, a sort of yeah, little little uh, side group, um, all of which uh, I think were mostly little little flappy flaps that over evolution turned into bigger flappy flaps. Um, and these Asdarkid ones 
Um, where's my stat for that? Um, I think something like 11 meter wingspan. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, if See, all of this is so it. impressive, but I'm like, well, it's not 80, is it? No, so, like, every time I say anything, Sam, like, it's yeah, Alice's bird is bigger. We're still Alice's imaginary bird. Way, way off. Um, so, yeah. so then the, the, the other thing that I was wondering is, okay, what are the limitations? Like, what is limiting birds, yeah. pterosaurs, um, from getting bigger? Um, and I think birds, have, like, potentially have, have more limitations um, than pterosaurs, which is why they never got that big. I did, I did come across one interesting um, paper from a little, little while ago suggesting that one big bird problem um, is that the bigger they get, the bigger their, like, flight feathers have to get. And because they have to keep their feathers, like, quite in good working order, you know, like, relatively delicate, um, most birds molt once a year. Um, so, you're, so you have to grow new feathers. You have to have time to grow new feathers. Um, right. And maybe that puts an upper limit on it. Oh, that's also, interesting. Presumably, if you scale up every part of a bird's anatomy, and the feathers are also getting larger and larger, presumably a large part of how feathers work is the separation between the individual follicles? I don't even know what you call them. You know, the little spines the, of the feathers. The hard bit, yeah. Yeah, um, the, the separation between those bits would have to be small enough that the air is viscous at that scale. So if you scale it up too large, then the gaps, you know, if you scale a, if you scale a seagull up to be 100 times bigger... The tiny gaps in its wing in its in its wing feathers would be too large for that to be true, and so it wouldn't actually get the same lift from the feathers. So, what? Uh, what? So how tiny does that gap have to be before it I, wouldn't work? You could probably work it out with a Reynolds number, um, so that the flow is still viscous. So the Reynolds number would be less than one, but I wouldn't have the figures off the top of my head. Mm. But yeah, Simon, yeah, what's scaling. a Reynolds number, please? Oh, it, it's, a, it's a way of typifying of how a fluid flows and if it flows in a viscous way or an inviscid way, which is basically that is it gloopy or not? Like a very viscous fluid is something like treacle or, or marmite, which uh, we were talking about before the show started, um, whereas <laughs> something that would be completely inviscid would be something like uh, air, which is inviscid to us. But if you zoomed in really close to something like um, a tiny gap in a bird's wings, wing feathers, it would appear viscous because the viscosity is is related to the length scale that you're looking at and also the speed of the flow that you're looking at. So there's a, bun there's a bunch of numbers in atmospheric science that's like um, you, you use to uh, kind of characterise a fluid. So there's like the Reynolds number, there's the Prantl number, there's way more that i can't remember off the top of my head but it's like a number that you use to say how gloopy is the mm -hmm. the bird is the um, fluid or how gloopy is your sorry how uh turbulent is your fluid that kind of thing love it gloopy number yeah gloopy there, number. i mean there's there's so many reasons why just scaling something up can't work right mm. um you know if, if i was twice as big my bones would have to be like well my, my mass would would cube and therefore my bones would have to be even more proportionally bigger and, and yeah. stronger to support my weight um, uh, let alone flights, all sorts of reasons why you can't just make it bigger, which I'm kind of hoping gives us a little bit of leeway in trying to explain our giant 747 size bird, because we don't have to assume that it's necessarily the same as, um, as one of our birds. Yes, right. Exactly. Um, and I thought sort of um, pterosaurs. So, okay. And another whole big topic of that is not just how you fly, because big things can glide, and a lot of huge birds hardly flap. 
they're just gliding around they're having a great time not expending too much energy which you know obviously they've got a lot of weight it would take a lot of energy but how do they get up there um is the other is the other big thing um do they not well i know nothing about bird mechanics off a cliff at this scale i'd imagine a lot of a lot of birds like a lot, well, a lot of cliff nesting birds do jump off cliffs because that's where they're living. Um, although, as, as far as I can tell, all of them have the ability to take off from a flat surface, which I, I suppose is quite important for for survival. There's a there's a there's a rumor that I guess I also think is not true that swifts, you know, um, sort of small swifts, like they're a bit like swallows, and they can can go for months without landing. Um, some people think that they can't take off from ground level and. Um, you wouldn't, I mean, they never land. Oh. Um, the, RSP, the RSPB says they can, and if you find a swift on the ground, probably don't panic. It's probably fine. Um, but swans, long run up. Um, I love watching swans take off. It's so funny. They're such the beautiful speed. birds. And then they're like... Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing it, I'm doing it, I'm doing like, it. I can do this, I can do this. <laughs> but giant dinosaurs... Um, uh, potentially quite different potentially more um, maybe a bit more like bats this is this is one theory um so the thing about being a bird is if you're gonna jump with your leg and then flap it means you have to have the bigger you are it means you have to have bigger stronger leg muscles in order to get the jump um mm-hmm. in order to get up there but once you're flying your leg muscles are like literally just extra weight that you now have to lug around everywhere just in order to get you off to get you to lift off um <laughs> so with pterosaurs, um, they had these. They they walked on four four legs. So they're these big as dark pterosaurs, um, which is very cool. Like they like some of them were as tall as, as giraffes. Um, yeah. They were like actually wild. Like look up pictures if you can of you know Quetzalcoatlus or uh, as dark pterosaurs. There's sort of a few different ones, um, and they're epic. But they have these big forelimbs that they can walk on and fly with. And the idea is that maybe they pushed themselves off with those wings used that to jump oh okay the, the sort of foot bit of the of the wings so that, that's the same muscles right it's all coming from the front they're like the little legs at the back are they doing anything oh all good and we do know that our giant 747 bird we crashed it at one point didn't we yeah yes we did so it, 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 ha- it, it took the ground. off from ground level we think unless it climbed a tree oh did it were those big trees around did it yeah, but like, there's big to humans, and there's big to a seven four seven size yeah, bird. That's true. Yeah, and uh, did it did it land and then took take off again? I don't think it ever crashed landed. and then no, we yeah, ran crashed, away. It crashed into the we back didn't of a see. truck. To oh yes, land. Yes. <laughs> to be fair, if you're on the back of a fast moving truck, you could probably just like open your wings and they'd be like, "See ya!" Like then, a parachute. Like yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah that's what what was the um? Is it the Skyhook system that was like the CIA developed, where it was like. You could you could kind of do that. You could get. Oh no, that was getting picked up on a line. Like you you had like a parachute that went up, and then you got picked up by a, an aircraft that like intercepted the line. It's it's the one that they use in the Dark Knight. That's cool. Oh yeah, I love that. Um, I've seen that film. Oh, a film that Bates has seen. Everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I watched The Matrix. I watched it. We're very proud. Whilst we were talking, then I was just looking up. Do you know what the largest plane, like the largest wingspan plane that's ever taken off? No. So, it? Like, there's a big is it wing... less than eighty meters? <laughs> I do. That's no. why I looked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so the largest, according to the list of large aircraft on Wikipedia, is the Boeing Triple Seven X Nine, which has mm. a wingspan of 
Ah, no, no, sorry. That's the that's the longest, which is seventy six point seven meters. The <laughs> widest wingspan uh, is the Strata launch, um, which is one hundred and seventeen meters. Ah. Bigger than the bird! Hooray! <laughs> but once, yeah, like again, once you're in the air, it's got the jets to get up there. Presumably, like maybe the bird had like the bird biological jets. jets of some form. Or it like, had some some form of like air sac within it with a lighter than air gas, so it made it it made a helium pocket less. It's amazing. Do you know about bird bird air sacs? Like birds are like not not filled with air sacs, but their lungs are very very efficient oh. because it's essentially like one way circulation in a har in the in the certainly in the gas exchange. But it goes it has to go in and out. It's like not not the best. So. Birds, although it comes in and out of the mouth, have a one-way circulation inside. They have all these air sacs, and the air sacs have bits that protrude into the mus- into, no, into the muscles, into the into the bones. So you know, people say, "Oh, birds have hollow bones." Mm. Like it's literally filled with air that's literally connected to the lungs. Like it's just sort of continuous. Like it's not like oh. doing anything in there or like massively strongly pumping in or out or, any- or anything. But they think that teres- these big pterosaurs, as archaeopterosaurs, were the same. Um, have like really hollow bones with like struts means they're really flexible means they're really light um and again i'm just like thinking okay is there is there sort of yeah just repeated expansions on this um that could take the biology from different places i also assume that they'd have to have very efficient lungs because they have to breathe at a such a greater altitude the air being thinner Mm -hmm. there's less oxygen to they can yeah i was was... but all of them can even if like i don't think that's why they evolved it i think um dinosaurs had it too i think um so it was before it was it was potentially before they evolved flight that they had this it, it is, it's just better it's just oh, more efficient right. so what you're saying is we I have sh- we have like inefficient yeah weapons. yeah we're just we're bad yeah what i mean oh. what do what do humans have that other oh. animals envy other than like brain power though to be honest that mostly just gives anxiety and depression Society, like, uh, anxiety and depression. Um, tool use. I mean, we are better runners. Tool use. We're good at tools. We're, we're better runners than any other animal. Long, yeah. Sus- sustained. Sustained. Long distance. Sustained. Like no yeah, other animal has a hunting strategy that's just, I will run you to death. Yeah. Which is difficult <laughs> yeah. to believe when I'm trying to do like a long distance run. <laughs> I'm like, my ancestors <laughs> are looking down on me with shame. Like, keep going, Simon. Yeah. That's your ancestor's voice. This deer sure. will run for another 30 miles. <laughs> the calorific so, content will not be worth it. Oh. The, the... Medicine's kind of good. They probably wish they had a bit more of that in the animal kingdom. Uh, Cass is saying in Twitch Ooh. chat that humans have very effective scar tissue generation. Oh. Nice. That's, that's cool. I oh, humanity! scar tissue to, like, Best question scar tissue! <laughs> so oh, what, we just were better at recovery? Yes, we've got gnarly, yeah. Yeah, gnarly yeah, I scars. It. I want. <laughs> um, again, whilst we were just talking, does anybody know what the um, highest bird flight ever recorded is? Oh no! Is, is it is it at a height where the where the like the jet pilots have to have their oxygen? Uh, yes. <laughs> what is it? Uh, is it like edge of space? How would a bird get to the edge of space? I don't know. You're making me sound all ridiculous, man. Where is the edge of space? They keep oh. changing the definition. Uh, yeah, great. I know. Let's not get to that. Yeah, depending on if you're just Bezos or not. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, just they haven't been to space. They just went into zero G. It's fine. Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, they were by, by the Kalman line definition, which is the most common definition. They were briefly in space, but you know, briefly, okay. They sort briefly. of like touched space and then went. Were like, I we made it. it. <laughs> I touched the butt, and then they go back <laughs> I touched the butt. Um, the height altitude, sorry, the altitude record for a bird is eleven thousand three hundred meters. Um, that was a vulture, a Rupel's vulture, which I'm pretty wow. sure that one was when the, it hit a plane. <laughs> Whoa. Oh, so it just got taken that high up. No, no, by the it plane. was flying and no. minding oh, its own business and then just collided with a plane. How unlucky do you have to be? You've All got that air up sky. there. <laughs> yeah. I did find an, find an estimate um, that, 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 that like Quetzalcoatlus could fly at 15,000 feet. Wow. Wow. I'm just, hang on, 15,000 feet. Seems be... pretty. Pretty good. Well, oh no, but you said not meters. Not as good as a buzzer. He said meters. Yeah. There yeah, is yeah. a record of a white stork flying at uh, sixteen thousand meters. So sixteen thousand feet. So for about five kilometers. Um, wow. Also, like a vulture is a big bird to hit with. Yeah, I was going to say, was the plane okay? I mean, I'm not going to ask was the vulture okay. Well, it doesn't Probably say not. which part of the plane it hit. I mean, normally, bird mm. strike means mm. it hits the engine, but like, mm. yeah. Um, yeah. Ripple's vulture. How much does it, do you normally weigh? I'm just imagining the pilot being like, is that a pl <laughs> Like, oh, it was just going God. so fast. Um, they weigh, oh wow, between six and a half and nine kilograms. They're tiny. That's not tiny, that's big. Try picking up a nine yeah, kilogram bird. I, I just thought vultures were bigger than that. In my head, vultures are huge. Like, They're very light compared to their size. I guess that's the point, right? Yeah. Yeah. They do have, I think I'm right in saying that vultures also have the best sense of smell in the fossil record. It's like, number one is the, is the I'm not sure if it's the Rupal vulture or some, some kind of vulture, and then number two is a T-Rex, I think, uh, wow. based on the size. How, how of, do they, yeah, okay. There's like the size of the olfactory cavity or something like that, and like the bit of the brain they think would be used for scent, um, smell mm. processing. Amazing, that's cool. Which is why the, one of the reasons why they think it was a scavenger predator. Rather than being all cool and action-like, it just kind of snuck in mm. and was like, this is mine now. And <laughs> scare away all the other animals. <laughs> like, <laughs> If a T-Rex comes over to your kill and is like, this is mine, I don't think you're going to argue with it. You know? Mm. No. You can't really challenge it to an arm wrestle. You're like, ha-ha! <laughs> it would uh, still probably win, though. The minute you're holding its arm, you're fucked. It's just getting to the arm because it's so little. I mean, I don't think the T-Rex would understand the concept of an arm wrestle. I feel like you take it. I mean, arm, that's fair. And it would just eat. <laughs> would it, to reach, would it, like if you if you were grabbing on its arm, maybe its head would. I don't know. Maybe that's I think the it can zone. bend. It can bend. <laughs> it's got a long snout. Like, if I stay here, like between the yeah. two arms, <laughs> I'm perfectly <laughs> safe. <laughs> that's a great image of someone just doing like pull-ups on the T-Rex arms. <laughs> The T-Rex is just like, what, what is this like hairless ape doing? <laughs> like, <laughs> actually, it, wouldn't, it would have a concept what of what was, a mammal so. is, presumably. That's, yeah, this, this large yeah. gangly this mouse. Yeah. yeah, this large <laughs> gangly mouse. Wait, were, were mice around with the dinosaurs? Yeah, mammals existed. Like, small mammals, mammals were mouse-like, okay. right? Also, like, I don't think a T-Rex yeah. would, would know what a mouse was or how to speak English, but yes, <laughs> there were definitely mice. Okay, the there were a lot of problems with our story, okay? Mouse. There are a lot of problems with the story. Anyway, back to the 80-metre wingspan bird. Yeah, I have, I, have creepy, <laughs> I have a creepy question about the 80-metre wingspan bird, which is, what were the evolutionary pressures 
that led to the evolution of an 80 meter wingspan bird. Well, that's terrifying. A 100 yeah. meter Isn't wingspan it? bird. An even bigger bird than it had to compete with. Well, like, why do things get big? Like, yeah, avoiding avoiding predation. Like, think of like elephants and like huge herbivores, like type is it Titanosaurus? Like those like yeah. the long necks. They were big. Is there a giant predator out there somewhere? Uh, or it could be is it like territory flying over larger ranges, like but... having to have a huge territory for some reason. Why are whales so big? Because that's not for. Uh, predatory pressures, right? I, I would, I guess that that's for, must be for a different reason. I would guess that would be for food, because again, they have huge territories mm. uh, over a huge amount of ground, um, and all the like vegetarian ones have to similarly eat a huge amount of food. And if if they've sort of cleared one area, they have to go somewhere else. If they weren't so big, they wouldn't have to eat as much food, <laughs> so... which might then come back to competition. Yeah, okay. But what, what if we're looking at this yeah. wrong way? What if it, there's such an abundance of food, which I think is the case for whales, like there are areas of the, of the world's oceans where there's just mm. so much krill because there's like, you know, strong upwelling mm. or whatever. But, mm. so, so whatever this bird feeds on, which apparently is trucks, like there's just such <laughs> yeah. a high concentration of trucks <laughs> in this big. area. We don't know if it attacked us. So I also like, looked up, we had a big sort of worry about this, was that the, the, the bird... Did the thing where it kind of moved its head to look at us. Yes, which it I think us through the side of its some, eyes. Some birds do that in order, I think, you know, like, or, or they're more, they're actually, I think they're quite likely to go like that in order to sort of get a fake binocular vision by getting two views and then sort of combining it. Because a lot of birds have quite a narrow bit of binocular vision, but most of it's to the side. Um, but this one, yeah, it doesn't necessarily mean it was, it's herbivorous, but a lot of predators have more forward-facing eyes, binocular vision, both, you know, if you're a hawk to, like, see something here really accurately, or if you're close yeah. up, I guess, to kind of grab it. Oh. I mean, but it's... trucks aren't, if it was eating trucks, that's not... It... I don't think it was eating trucks. Well, I, I would hope someone truck. would have said, although they had the gun on the top of the truck, right? So they, they were prepared knew. for Did something. They yeah. Yeah, this isn't a one off incident. No. But is it always that bird? Like, they didn't say, that kind like, of bird. They didn't say, like, oh, it's Bob again. Oh, no, you Bob kill him and he, he just comes back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> how say, many of these birds what are there? What, how, what food is know. there? That there's, there's the, at least a population of. This is a frequent enough event that <laughs> there mm, are mm. turrets mounted to the top of these, you know, trucks. Mm. But then or they, did... they have the turrets for another purpose. The turrets could be for, like, blowing a hole in the mountain if there's, like, a rock slide or something. I guess. So there might be another reason for having the gun, mm. and they were just like, oh, oh, good. <laughs> While the giant bird attacks, we'll the use that. Do you think Ali's going to be watching this and going, yes, other reason for... <laughs> Why they had the thing, they other than it would be useful to... for the players. <laughs> if, if they, are, if they are, are carnivorous, they could be eating lots of small things, like like the mm. Asdarkid pterosaurs probably, like, probably ate on the ground. They probably weren't like flying around. They probably were stalking around on the ground, what pecking at, at lizards and things. Did they think they were carnivorous, pescivorous? Like, what, what did they think their main diet was? Um, I, I think all the pterosaurs were probably at least omnivorous, uh, not carnivorous from like insects. Um, but but as dark kids, like the the art depicts them with these like tiny little lizard things running away and like the giant. Okay, so the as as dark kids also had like the most ridiculously large heads. 
and like long beaks and stuff and just like pecking down and and the asdarkids as well like seem to be pretty well suited to walking around um there was there was like one study that showed that over sort of pterosaur evolution it's actually very cool that that like from the time they first appeared in the fossil record to i think it's like something like 150 million years late, later um like you you can see them evolving and they get more efficient at flying Mm. um like looking at the aerodynamics they are getting they're evolving to be gradually better at flying um whereas the azdarkids don't they 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 don't seem to be getting more efficient if you look at their sort of fore and high limb proportions um they like are maybe slightly more similar to like a sheep um or ungulates than they would be to like a little flappy pterosaur um and and yeah, they, they 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 there's a lot of suggestions. I mean, some people thought they couldn't fly at all. I think that's like a very minority view. Mm. They they're certainly well adapted to terrestrial life. There is um, I'm just looking at the wiki now. Um, in pterosaurs more broadly, so like the whole group of flying mm. reptiles at that time. Um, mm. it's now believed there were, uh, they were traditionally fish eaters. Now understood to yeah. have included land animal hunters, inse- insectivorous species, and fruit eaters. Oh, they're like like that. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, like megabats incidentally their wings. i love the fact that they are technically called megabats like that is the name is that what that means yeah like terror no 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 Te- uh, terror would come from Earth, um, wing yeah teron is oh. is wing uh, okay. it's wing lizard mm-hmm. but, um, wing lizard because oh god what's but um a bats take their name from hand it's like Chi- mm-hmm. chiroptera i think is their their family name so they are hand yeah. wing um, but yeah, they, they, yeah, megabats are like the large part, the, the larger species, like flying foxes and stuff. But they are they are seen to occupy quite similar niches then, like uh, all kinds of food. So with with the bat thing, and you were saying earlier about the gaps in the feathers, Simon, maybe not being able to be close enough together to sort of get the needed like flow of air. Hmm. Could we be looking at more of like a bat style wing on this bird? So to, in order to get the lift. There is a paper that I've read on this actually because I did a video on this a while back um, that seems to suggest that as the bat as a bat like species gets bigger, so if you have like a membrane between the fingers and that's how you fly, um, there is a theoretical limit to how big a bat can get before it physically can't move the fingers fast enough to generate like to to, to flap frequently enough in order to fly basically. Like, oh. there, there's, there's basically a figure and i wish i could remember this in better detail that's like two curves of how hmm. quickly you can move the fingers and how much lift you can get oh. and they meet at a point and that point is um one of the species that we see today which i think is the golden flying fox which is they think as big as a bat can physically get which is Damn, so not 80 meters then so that's not 80 meters stuff, unfortunately <laughs> wow. wow that's cool I like yeah, I, I, so I read another quote which says that that someone rec- who reckoned there could the bats could mechanically get bigger, and it's just an ecological oh, limitation. Okay. Um, but I don't know if they, which one was first or if those refer. This this is talking about like maybe albatross size bats. Right. I mean, um, you're the biologist of. Uh, 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 oh, I, I, yeah, no, this was just that was uh, one thing I read. But I also like bats. I, I, I'm a bat fan now, having read like how clever their wings are. Like the fact that birds' wings are just like stiff and don't move and bats wings full of muscles constantly adapting and like pterosaurs mm. you know that was a membrane as well like constantly moving like the flexibility and maneuverability of being able to just like minutely adjust like every 
every tiny piece and they're all like woo woo and then they're like upside down I really love they're way better flyers they're way better that's amazing and they're faster You're... the fastest species of birds and bats is a bat in terms of powered flight yeah, yeah. I can't, hang on I'm going to have to look so maybe up. the wings on the bird that we saw were fake wings and they were actually membranes that looked like wings with with Ali said they had no, grey they... stripes on here we go the he fastest the fastest not just the fastest bat or the fastest bird but the fastest mammal in terms of self-propelled motion uh, is the mexican free-tailed bat that can reach speeds of up to 100 okay. miles per hour i'm sorry what <laughs> that's very quick it's so fast 100 miles an hour is that like on a turn or something like um, rather than i have a new side start actually like here. in a straight line Oh, so don't the, trust them. So the fastest bird yeah. on record is a, is a Swiss... <laughs> I work for New Science, so I'm allowed to say that, everyone. Sorry, that was... <laughs> uh, just, to, just to link it back to what we mentioned before, the fastest bird uh, for level flights, like mechanically self-sustaining flight, is a common swift, um, which is about 112 kilometers per hour. Um, and basically, they this team used trackers um, on bats to just track their lateral movement. Um, and they all the bats achieved speeds of... Uh, 100, about 100 kilometers an hour. One bat logged a top speed of 160 kilometers per hour, so 100 miles an hour. Whoa! So like, oh, I mean, wow. they are thinking that that might be there might be an error in um, the, <laughs> the data. Like, but yeah, it might it might be an error in the data because yeah. it's not a perfect way of measuring it. Um, but I'm pretty sure there was another there was another species that could go faster anyway. But I I couldn't off my head. It's been a while since I did this video. I think I think we should we should wrap up on on giant birds. But one more theory that I would like to posit, which is um, our our Dungeons and Dragons and Science game uh, takes place in a world where where humans and and sort of human descendants have a lot of cybernetic modifications and implants. So maybe trying to explain the biology of a eighty meter long bird uh, is slightly flawed because it is in fact part robot. So what you're yeah. saying is like a sparrow. Went into the mechanics quarters. And yeah, like, yeah. Added... Oh, hello, dear! Oh, give me these forty-meter wings. And away hey, look at someone very accurate. That's exactly what she sounded like. At some point, someone might get the enlarge or reduce spell, and then we're gonna have to explain it. So, oh my um, gosh, yeah. There's because... so many spells coming up that I am terrified of. Because... <laughs> I, and I'm not going to. I'm going to end up not casting cool spells because I'm going to be like, I don't know how to explain it with science. So we have to be prepared, everyone. For it's going to get more and more ridiculous. These these speculations than a very yeah. big bird. We're on yeah. easy mode um, right now. Also, question: Did everyone else, when they first saw the bird, think it was going to be like the equivalent of a dragon? Oh yeah, hundred percent. We don't know what the stats were. How big are? We didn't do like any like physical damage. Like we didn't roll damage. I don't think. At all, we just fired no. at hit. Because I hit. assumed, yeah, we hit, but we didn't roll damage for like the gun at all. Oh, oh. we just <laughs> hit it. Just... So like too, too much because I thought it was going to be like once we've got like a few hits in, it'll just fly away. Yeah, but then yeah. we killed it, and I was like, wait, how did we kill this? <laughs> um, mm. so, right. Yeah. I, mm. I think mm. everyone's really clamoring for um. But genital pain. Everyone wants genital pain. And Simon didn't wanted to be finished early, and it's already not early. So we had some technical difficulties. It's technical issues. Yeah. 
Um, uh, but, but also, I really um, want to know about So, so Shami, can you explain why everybody is hyped about uh, genital? Uh, well, um, you know, we we are people with a specific group of a uh, specific kind of interest. Um, <laughs> we have certain <laughs> certain things that we enjoy, um, namely Dungeons and Dragons and science. And in our Dungeons and Dragons game, someone got was it punched? Uh, I I think it was him? me. I, I Simon kicked, punched him. I kicked yeah. the zombie him. guy in the I, nuts. But it was a kick, not a punch. I thought you punched him. Monk. Oh, no, I did. I went the whole, like... I think, yeah, I think okay. you went... So, Sam's yeah. character punched a gentleman in the genitals. He was no gentleman. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, at that point in the fight, having been exhausted by other things as well, I think, um, third figure keeled over unconscious. Um, yeah. I imagine there was, like, a metallic ding. As, as a made contact and he like went cross-eyed <laughs> and just keeled over to the side simon's arm is metallic we don't know whether the, the genitals were or not it's yeah possible. that's true anything's possible it's possible i mean that's not something i've looked into uh around <laughs> this so i'm afraid i haven't looked into him having so metal genital so first so first question yeah. can can being punched in the balls make you fall unconscious in theory so oh there's a big can of worms we're opening okay, up there. Okay. So I think the, the the one thing is technically what you did there was you you dropped his hit points to zero. Now, yeah. luckily, Simon, you said non-lethal damage because if you'd said lethal damage, we'd have had to explain how it killed you. And I, there is no just being punched in the nuts can't kill you. Everyone, congratulations. He like oh. hurt by him. He yes. So, but now obviously you could theoretically get hit so hard in the nuts that like internal bleeding happens and then you may die and i think we've lost sharmony that's a wonderful sharmony no (laughs) (laughs) she was so looking forward to the genital pain as well oh she really just so excited can we like kick her out and then she rejoins i want to keep her around like this this is great just like this okay Um, yeah, so basically, can you fall unconscious? So you could, sorry, no, you can't die straight away from being, congratulations, everyone. You go, feel free to go and get hit in the balls as much as you want. I mean, could we put an asterisk on that? Because presumably if you got, if you got hit to the extent that, I don't know, you tore your scrotum open, you could die from the bleeding. Exactly. So the only way you're ever going to die from it is from uh, a follow-up complication. So the actual, but the actual punch and the actual pain you feel, then it's not going to kill you. Now, Falling unconscious, however, once so we look at like fainting, for example, there's loads of different ways of being unconscious. So you're unconscious when you're asleep. Um, I'm pretty sure punching someone in the balls can't make them fall fall asleep. I didn't look into that, so you never know. But um, good night. Good night. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, You're unconscious. We can make people unconscious with like various anesthesia. Um, and then also you can like knock your head uh, and go unconscious that way from like the movement of your brain being shook, shook around. That will come back to that. But the other way is fainting. So when you faint, it's basically you don't get enough blood to your brain and your body goes, shit, we need to get blood to the brain. I know I'll make them lie flat on the floor. And uh, there's a few different ways that it happens. One of which is called vasovagal syncope, which Ooh. I have trouble saying. And uh, it's all to do with the vagus nerve. So your vagus nerve is what recalibrates your body if you go into fight or flight mode. So say you get a massive rush of adrenaline, something's about to attack you. Your vagus nerve, once everything's calmed down, goes, I've worked it out. This is where we should be. Hello, Sharmini. Welcome back. 
you left <laughs> us on a wonderful freeze frame. It was a say. great freeze frame. Oh, oh no. Charmony, speak to us. If I punch myself in the genitals, will it fix this? Yes. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Oh! <laughs> you might faint. Um... Time to hit the sack. <laughs> um, unfortunately, I don't know if you can hear me. I'm on my we can. phone hotspot, and it's not really doing the job. Um, oh no! So do carry on, and I'll try and get my internet working again. Cool. Okay. All right. So Vegas Nev, fight or flight. So you, uh, I don't know, example of fight or flight. A big bird is about to attack you. Right? You get a uh, rush of adrenaline. You get I... ready to fight. Your vagus nerve counteracts the adrenaline, basically, and is trying to like calm your body down. And sometimes it over calibrates, and that's basically what it's what's doing. It's doing here. So it will. I'm not explaining this well at all. You get you get stressed, and then the hormone hormones are released, and then your vagus nerve goes. I'm going to correct it, but what it does instead is it drops your blood pressure, and you just your brain goes. Oh, I can't do it anymore, and you fall over. Now that can be triggered by that's what happens when people see blood. Um, if you get too hot, the vagus nerve is trying to fix it, fails miserably. Basically, it's your vagus nerve just not doing particularly well. Um, so, so what and does it, also, it do well? Like, you've described several scenarios your, in which it does very bad. <laughs> your vagus nerve is really useful, and it, not, most of the time it's fine. But um, it's sort of... It, how do I explain what it does? It's such an important nerve <laughs> that it does a lot of things. Um, and, and where physiologically does it connect? So from where, where to where? Oh, God. Uh, it starts in... Oh my goodness, my neuroscience degree is all gone. This is where we need Ali, Ali back. So it's a cranial nerve. So it starts in your sort of uh, base of your brain. And then it goes from the brain stem, I believe, like just various around the body. Right. So, um, and it's all the, it's all the auto, autonomic nervous system, basically, um, which is the various parasympathetic, sympathetic. And hang on, I'm going to Google it quickly and just check what it actually does. Um, sorry please hold everyone um so the vagus nerve connects oh my god i'm actually losing my brain sorry everyone this is very ironic considering i don't know what's happening i know right um very warm um so okay here we go we'll use this the four key functions of the vagus nerve are sensory special sensory which is taste sensation behind the tongue which i've never heard of uh oh yeah sometimes you get flavors that you're like you, you feel it in your throat or something but is that behind the tongue? Well, does, it depends what they mean by behind the tongue. Does it mean like laterally behind the tongue, or it, like, I, I'm reading from medical news today, so I can't. Proximal below the tongue, like. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Um, motor. So it does uh, various things to do with um, swallowing and speaking, and then the parasympathetic nervous system, which is like the digestive tract, uh, breathing, and your heart functioning. So when it when it goes wrong, it, it's bad i.e. can make you faint. And one of the things that can trigger this is being scared that you're going to get hurt. So what we can feasibly say is he was so scared that he just got punched in the balls and it was in so much pain that he fainted. That is technically feasible. I couldn't find any, however, examples of someone fainting from being punched in the nuts, but we can just assume that he was terrified of it. His vagus nerve went ah even though the rest of the fight he was perfectly fine so so actually he fainted before i punched him in the balls potentially yeah the second the before. winder the popeye like winder yeah he was like oh no started going you hit him now fainting however is very quick like you don't 
you you faint and you pretty much instantly the blood goes back to your brain and it resets and you, you're back in the room so something had to knock him out cold for him to be unconscious because i when think you, when you do non-lethal damage in D, how long are they actually unconscious for it's not i don't know it's not i don't a know that's time, a good question I think you just sort of normally if you do that, you're then like very quickly tying them up or doing something and then like slapping them to like wake them back up again. Right. So, oh, Sharmini, I think we might have you. Um, Sharmini, D&D question. If you do non-lethal damage and knock someone out, how long are they unconscious for? I think technically forever. Forever. <laughs> then no don't they start doing it. death saves? Well the, point of, well, the point of doing non-lethal damage non-lethal, is that they, they don't. don't. But presumably if, if you... Didn't wake them up. I mean, as a DM, I would just rule it that, like, eventually they would wake up. Felt Lagan um, in Twitch yeah. chat is saying 1d4 hours. Oh, I'm not nice. sure. Okay. That sounds plausible, but I don't know I like enough it. to dispute it. Yeah. yeah. So, but I think basically something had to it's happen so that that would work. And fainting, vasovagal syncope just can't, it can't explain that. Um, so it's got to be from his brain jiggled about too much in the skull. So basically, when you get knocked unconscious, for example, a boxer getting punched in the head. If Simon had punched him in the head, this would have been a lot... Uh, it would be much easier. But, so if you imagine, your brain gets... Um, if this is your skull and your brain sits here, it sits in, like, cerebros... Cerebros... I can't say it. Like, cerebrospinal fluid. And if you get punched in the side of the head, the brain, go, uh, the brain sort of stays floating, hits the side, and then bounces back. And it just does that very quickly. And that's how you get sort of trauma to the brain. And it can also like twist your brain. And what that does, the best way I've heard it explained is it basically short circuits the brain because your brain suddenly gets incredibly stimulated. Some of the nerves can even like break like tiny, tiny nerve fibers and they release like toxins and your brain just goes, ah, shit. And it's the best way for it to deal with that is it basically just goes and then just goes, I'm going to stop, lie down on the floor. Basically, every time you go unconscious is Mm. your body trying to be horizontal to get blood going back to your brain. Your brain is by far the most important organ and your body just wants to do everything it can to like keep it functioning. And, uh, and that's what happens when you fall unconscious. And that can last longer because it's sort of more intense damage. Um, now, there are other situations where we sort of like purposefully make people go unconscious in like surgery. Um, and I got kind of interested in like what actually happens in the brain when you're like under anesthetic. Because I was like, wait, it's not the same as like trauma. Hmm. So basically what it is, is they give these drugs and what they do is that instead of like, they don't turn the brain off. It's not like just saying brain shut down. Now I've never, I've never been under general anesthetic, but you know, people talk about counting backwards from 10, getting to like six and then they wake up and the operation's done and it's been hours. Um, and it feels like you, that, you know, they've just sort of switched you off for a bit, but actually what they seem to do is then they're still not sure because neuroscience Bit, bit of guesswork going on who knows it's just the brain um they're sort of isolating different processes in the brain so basically your brain is still kind of doing its thing but it's not really talking to each other anymore it's just it's not highly connected like it normally is it's just like a lot of little islands all doing their own thing but not no like full consciousness kind of going in and then also in, in anesthesia you've also got loads of um drugs which are actually blocking pain receptors and things obviously to stop mm. intense pain but i found that really interesting and it's not really anything to do with it but go on <laughs> sorry islands if you can do something to stop overall communication but not local communication does that suggest that there is some qualitative 
difference between local communication and overall thing? It suggests that it's one of the things that suggests that consciousness arises from a whole brain area. There's no, so we don't have an area of the brain. No one has yet found an area of the brain that is consciousness. That that's Mm -hmm. not a thing. So there's a lot of theories in neuroscience where the idea of consciousness is just the entire brain all kind of functioning together. There's a cool theory that I learned about in my degree and I don't know if it's still valid, but that um, like different oscillations of nerves. So say you're thinking of, this is a very basic, drawing it right down to a basic example. Say you're thinking of a blue triangle. The nerves that say code for blue are like oscillating at a certain frequency and then so do the nerves that code for a triangle. And that oscillation together tells the overall consciousness of the brain that it's a blue triangle. But oscillating. So, and when you say oscillation, do you mean a physical oscillation? oscillation? I mean a physical oscillation. What? Are what? Wait, so, it's a vibrating? No. I thought they well, were just... sorry. Is it Brain goes brr. Brain goes brr. I think that's right. Hang on. Talk amongst yourselves. I'm going to Google that because I'm sure that's right. Whenever we have this discussion like that basically that. ends up with the brain is the most complex known thing in the universe i always think of that uh, meme of obama awarding a medal to obama because it's the human brain saying the human brain is the most complicated thing in the universe okay neural neural oscillate so it's brain waves so it's the fact that these the brain waves of those areas are going at the same thing whereas other areas of your brain the uh, neural oscillation so it's the that is the pattern of activity so um it's how, oh, this is when I wish Ali was here. He'd explain this so well. So it's, it's action. Also, if I say action yeah. potentials. So yeah, the signal, the electronic signals. Sig- sort of so electronic, but also there. chemical, electric. really. So oh, it's, electronic. yeah. Um, well, electrochemical. They, electrochemical, I think, is fair. Yeah, is that right? Um, yeah. So, yeah, so. Synchronized activity of large numbers of neurons can give rise to macroscopic oscillations, which can be observed as brainwaves. So when like all these still firing, in one go, yeah, yeah, so very, time. very, very, very quickly. I think that's right. okay. Okay, good. Yeah, okay, and so I get very nervous. Too. I'm making this, but um, that's so. Yeah, so I mean, getting into the whole consciousness thing is a whole, a whole other thing because yeah. at some point we are going to have to talk about whether my character could have consciousness. As well, a this robot. is the measure of a man. <gasps> the, the Star Trek episode that is but... about basically that. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like I've gone very far off track on genital pain. <laughs> Yeah, so, so, so what what I took away from that was that like it's not actually the pain that causes somebody to go unconscious; it's the fear of the pain. That that, that is the vagus, the vasovagal thing. Yeah. So I I was convinced that you could fall unconscious because of pain, hmm. right? And but I can't find anywhere. And someone please find it because it makes sense in my head. But I couldn't find any papers saying pain causes it. Yeah. All the torture scenes I've ever seen in films, like. Right. Kind of depend on that being a thing. Is that just exhaustion? Yeah. I always, I always told myself that if I ended up getting burned at the stake, that I would, I wouldn't feel most of it because I would just black out if but I got. You'd be very, you'd be very scared. So your vagus nerve might try and fix it and mess up and make you faint. So before again, they even light the fire, no good. Before they even light no the good. fire, they, I just be like, ha, ha, go. Oh. <laughs> be the, the least the least rewarding nice heretic burning that anyone had ever seen it would just be me slumped <laughs> that's not for long enough that's not not for long enough for, for anything no but i wake up Fainting. and go ah! oh. just immediately <laughs> every time i'd be so scared that's, that i would immediately faint again fun. that's still not no that's still not good 20 seconds of silence and then ah! oh. <laughs> oh no i don't want to 
Um, but anyway, I, what I haven't talked about, which I did want to talk about, is testicles. Because I, like, I just thought Honestly, it was... Re- like, tell me about testicles. Well, I, like, you know, obviously, you know, they sort of, like, dangle there. And I was like, yeah. oh, okay, well, weird. Well, and I didn't quite... I, I think I knew this, but I never really thought about, like, the reason that they dangle is because, you know, they hold very important the sperm for evolution. Oh, and, yeah. like, your body is too warm most of the time. <laughs> So yeah. they're like, I know, we have to keep it outside the body. And then also, apparently the reason they're squishy is because if they were solid, they could break. Whereas instead of, like, if you hit them now, they just sort of, like, squish. And it's not very nice, but they don't, they very rarely do anything more than just sort of get smushed for a second. But if they were, like, solid, they could, like, actually break. And then that's really bad because then you definitely can't, like, make babies anymore. Is anyone else in Twitch chat crossing their legs right now? Is it just me? This is another thing I wanted to talk about was no. the like empathy of it. Yes, which Cass brought up actually. Yeah, last uh, when this when this first yeah, happened. Yeah. Um so for so for people who perhaps weren't there for the stream before or who aren't watching the stream live right now, um Cass said in the previous stream that she uh when she transitioned, prior to the transition, she um experienced empathetic pain if it's, if she saw a guy getting kneed in the nuts or something. There is something in in guys that we just kind of reflexively just but no, but I want to know the science of that as well. This like empathetic, empathetic pain yeah. thing. But then post transition, um, doesn't have that phenomenon anymore. Which is there's there's That's two fascinating things going on there. Yeah, I mean the actual like the empathetic pain. So Simon, you're sort of saying crossing your legs. You're not feeling it though, or are you? Are you feeling the pain? No, it's more there's a very like, big difference of like worrying about it and making you go, oh, I'd really hope that doesn't happen, and actually like that sensation. Yeah, like I am in saying I'm crossing my legs. That's I am very now aware that these are very valuable and like grapes. Like I, I whereas like if you, if I see somebody getting punched in the nuts, I that's then like there is like an instinctive movement that you kind of feel. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So. I, I don't I don't know quite the psychology behind that. I expect it is just your brain sort of so when when you see something happen, uh you have things called mirror neurons which fire and you kind they kind of tell you what's going on. It kind of helps your brain work out what, what it is. And you know, you get people who have like mirror touch synesthesia, which is awful because if they see someone getting punched in the face, they physically feel it. Like they and there's been tests that show that they literally are in pain and it's it's, it's the matrix. sensational. It's like in the Matrix when they say if something happens to you in the Matrix, it happens to you in real life. I always thought that it, was bullshit, but that's actually real. It's like in the Matrix, kind wow. of. Except it's with someone else, not not you know. Yeah, yeah, a version like, of you. It's almost like but the yeah. body's watching the, the the thing happening and being like, oh yes, mm-hmm. yep, I got punched in the face. Yeah. Yes. But there are people who have this and they can barely like leave the house because if they see someone crying, they start crying. If they see um, someone fall and hurt themselves they immediately feel like they've fallen and they've hurt themselves like it's it can be really horrible condition it's very very rare for it to be that extreme what are they some people orgies i don't know i have to say um they probably have a lovely time but also maybe too much of a lovely time (laughs) wherever you just like close your eyes like this is too much (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) and uh oh sorry numb pain numb pain upon witnessing it also cass has said Guy getting smacked in the face feels the empathetic pain. Guy getting smacked in the groin, nothing. So that is really interesting, Cass. I I don't have a scientific reason for it other than I think 
I mean, it just it, it kind of makes sense to me, but I don't know how to describe that with words. No. Girl power. Exactly. Girl power. Thank you, <laughs> That's exactly. I think it is. I think you've just, you've, you've, the power of the Spice Girls. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, Animals have internal testicles, it turns out, way more than I thought. Because I knew that dolphins, dolphins did, and they're all nice and streamlined. And I'm like, yeah, dolphins. And they're in the cold water. Well, apparently they still have to have quite a lot of like blood taking the heat away. Yeah. Still too uh, blooded, right? Can you imagine? But like the, when it's cold, size ones go up. The dolphins just swimming along, and there's just a nut sat behind, going. That's why. But also, when it's in warm water, it's like really far behind. Rhinoceros. Does a rhinoceros need internal testicles? Does a rhinoceros have internal testicles? Yeah, elephants. Are you sure? Actually, that's... Okay, right. That's Animals with internal testicles. <laughs> we are non-mammals. Well, I mean, it's the 200 IQ play. Do, do you think that animals with internal testicles then get that mirroring pain? <laughs> Platypuses have internal testicles. Mon- all monotremes do, apparently. So there you go. That's odd. Because lions some, are known to attack the testicles. According some to marsupials Dad. with external testicles. Uh, uh. Whales have internal <laughs> testicles. Very interesting. <laughs> oh, I, I have to admit, I had never considered animals having internal testicles, I guess. Like, I just never really thought about it. No. Um, the other cool thing about well, not cool for anyone with testicles who gets it in them, <laughs> but you get the sickness, the, the stomach pain, Yeah, I, I hear. So that is because there is a nerve ah. that connects your stomach to your testicles. Because when you develop your testicles develop up by the kidneys and as they descend they just stay connected so that's why that referred pain happens so you feel it's... it in your stomach like mm. as if your stomach was getting punched or i think it's more like, like normal it's nausea i don't know i've never yeah. been oh, okay. nausea. Yeah. yeah um and also that will then and again that connects to the vagus nerve which can also make you sick so thanks so is, vagus nerve is that connected mm. to like the um rest and digest response as well that when you have like a full stomach you there's like that urge to um like breed like it's built into things like when you when you have a full stomach and like you're sated and you're in a safe place that is like that is a i'm not making this up (laughs) it sounds it makes sense like evolutionary it makes sense as well right you're well fed you know that you're in a good like physiological yeah i was gonna say when i'm really full i don't get that (laughs) doing anything too Well, Lie back and think of England, Charmin. It'll be fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> I can't <hate> too much. <laughs> Just roll me to bed. <laughs> Speaking of so, which, I, I so need to eat dinner geni- tonight, by the way. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let me round up. Right, so <laughs> genital pain. So basically, could you go unconscious from being punched in the testicles? Kind of. You would potentially Quickly. faint immediately. So you would faint yeah. from the punching the testicles, i.e. Yeah. from the actual thing. And then we're going to have to assume that he fell and hit his head very hard on the floor to actually keep him unconscious. But it works. The science is there. Well done, us. Hooray. Yeah. Next time, Simon, don't punch people in the testicles to knock them out. It's, I should have gone for the head. It's not as efficient. Yeah. Aim for the head. Um, we did it. We did That's it. wonderful. That was the we D&D fi- brief this week. We finally <sighs> reached the genital pain. We got some bonus Big Bird content. Um, this, is, this has been brilliant. Um, Thank you so much, everyone. Before we go, we should explain yeah. what is happening for the next two weeks. Yep. Yes, we should. 
So uh, basically, uh, because we are, a lot of us are kind of all over the place this month. Um, we are, is it A lot just of me? us, Simon? I'm very well put together. I was going to say, I'm here. <laughs> Perfectly. Okay. I've made I'm other plans. <laughs> now. Um, I'm looking at my diary right now, and it, and it look I mean, Google Calendar. It looks like a very energetic paintball match has happened. Um, <laughs> there's there's a lot going on. So so basically, we are still going to do um the next two weeks of shows. Um, so we're going to have a uh, RP Geeks episode with the D and D adventures next week, and we're going to do a D and D brief the following week. But they are not going to be live. We're going to pre-record them. We're going to broadcast them on Twitch. Um, we'll be in chat as much as we can. Um, I think most of us, I think it's basically just me that can't, yeah. actually. Um, yeah, yeah, we'll be there. Um, but we'll, we'll record those live, but we'll, we'll, we'll be still be, there'll still be a show, basically. Um, yeah. The final Thursday is not going to happen because I can't remember why that, well, I'm away, but I think, is anyone uh, else away? I think it's because you're away and in terms of like timing everything to do oh, it, we, we can, just decided, we we decided nice it wasn't break. worth it. Yeah. So the last Thursday in August, we're going to have a nice holiday, take another break, you know, but then, enjoy the world. But then, but then, oh my God, this September, it's not as exciting. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not as exciting not. as we're making it out to be. RP Geeks but... coming to you now on a Wednesday. Wednesday. What? A Wednesday? We're moving it. We move the show. Um, we're moving the date. This doesn't really annoy anyone. So, yeah, um, I'm sorry if you can only do Thursdays. Um, that's so, really. So starting on the 1st of September, we're going to be doing the show on Wednesdays. Exactly the same, alternating weeks, but we'll be doing it um, on Wednesdays instead of Thursdays, basically. But yeah, the next two yeah. weeks are going to be special ones because they're going to be pre-recorded and definitely tech-problem-free. They will be flawless, I have no doubt. Um, because this week was, was the test run for, for doing that. Uh, this was actually pre-recorded. People in chat didn't even realise. Uh, stop it. <laughs> that's, that's not true. That would have been very impressive. <laughs> um so um yeah so so just just so people are aware the next two weeks are going to look a bit different and there won't be any live interaction but then but they'll be there there'll be a week off and then we're back on wednesdays and if you're listening on the podcast or watching on youtube they'll be like this still so congrats more power to you the people yeah. the vod goblins <laughs> vod goblins to follow us on all of the social medias please um, we post little clips and relevant photos, such as Ali as a stag. I posted a meme on Instagram the other day, like and it's that. done very well by a lot of people who don't follow us, and they didn't oh. follow us from it, but they, they liked it. So. It, was a, it was a good meme. We like it was memes. a good meme. It was a good meme. Um, um, <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's follow it. Us. Come back next week. Tell us if, if there's any science you want to hear, and we'll see you next week with some D&D adventures. In the mines. Um, Mines. Are they calling to mine? A mine! <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.